0: Amen. Good morning. So glad you're with us here at South City Church. Many of you know and, and have been a part of kind of what we've been doing. In February, we decided we wanted to go into these small groups. And we had a couple of conversations that were really important to us. And the first one was, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus uh, individually? And what does it look like for us as disciples of Jesus to make disciples of Jesus? And so we went into a six-week study in small groups, and it was really important and really um, Formative for us as a church, and then we had a few weeks where we took off and we just did our regular schedule We've come back to this schedule in uh, April And we've we've done the fifth lesson today and next week will be the last one we've been talking about what does it mean to be the church? What does this look like for us to be the church? How, how do a bunch of people who are really different from each other? right we're different cultures different ages different uh, jobs and different places around the city Different interests, different preferences. How do we bring all this together? Paul says it's a mystery. <laughs> it's a, mysteries are hard to figure out. And guess what? So is the church. But somehow we bring this together and we, we become one. We become one. Uh, we've been talking about last couple of weeks, we talked about different roles. So in each of our individual homes, we have these different roles. Moms and dads and, and uh, husbands, wives, children. By the way, let me just stop for a second and say Moms. Happy Mother's Day. You, I I gotta just say this, you're not just like the heart of the family, yeah. You're not just the heart of the family, you're the backbone of the family, you're the brains of the family, you're the brawn of the family, you're pretty much it and we love you. We love you, thank you for all that you do, the way you sacrifice, the way you serve, the way you give need to be able to look at my own mom and tell her, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. And to my precious wife, who's an amazing mother, our kids, we love you, moms. Excited to celebrate you today. And before you leave, um, we have a a flower for each mother here today, just to say we love you and happy Mother's Day. And uh, and somebody will need to grab those from the booth back there (laughs) before we all leave here. And then last week, we talked about some different roles and responsibilities in this family, right? The book that we've been reading from is called Belonging to a Family of Families. So if we're the church, we're a big family of all these individual families, and, and this family has roles too. And so we hear terms like elders, and we talk about uh, what do we do as older men and older women, and what do we do as younger men and younger women? And we even talk about work relationships. We, God's given us the design and the plan for our families and for this family, And then today, of course, we've talked about what does it mean for us individually as we know the Lord, as we live for the Lord, how do we individually, how does our individual responsibility lead us to corporate unity? Our individual responsibility in our own lives should lead us to corporate unity. You know, as a worship leader, I've always thought it was interesting. You know, I, I love to stand up. I love to worship. And I've come in here several times to just worship when this building is alone, and I'll sing out, and it just reverberates all over this place. And I'm not really doing anything different than what I do up here on Sundays. In fact, I stand up here usually by myself, and I worship here individually in this personal space. The difference is you're here with me, and you're worshiping individually right where you stand. The beauty is as we individually worship, what we create is corporate worship. But here's the interesting thing, without you worshiping individually, we would have no corporate worship. Isn't that interesting? We come together and each of us worship and as we do this individually, God gives us this beautiful thing together. In the same way, Paul's kinda uh, admonishing us today about how important it is for each of us to live a life that will be a blessing uh, to the church, to the family. Read with, us, with me today if you would, Ephesians 5, 14 through 21. It says, therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord, uh, with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, what Paul's trying to answer for us is this question, of how's this supposed to work? How do we live together? How do we make this work? Like what changes need to happen in my individual life and your individual life in order for the church to work the way God has designed for it to work? So you'll notice I've added a verse to, one of the, to what you've studied in this at the very beginning, verse 14. I, I think it's important. Paul says, therefore, now anytime we see the word therefore in Scripture, we got to pay attention because what it means is he's been making an argument. In, in the second half of chapter 4 of Ephesians, the first half of chapter 5, Paul's been making an argument to the Ephesians. And he's been saying to them, listen, these are the things you do individually, how you live. These are the things you don't do. This, this is how you want to look like this. You don't want to look like those folks who do this. It's important for you to go back and take a look at what he's speaking to. He's made his argument. And right here, this is the payoff. And he says, therefore, it says. Now, usually when we hear something like that, it's speaking directly to scripture, right? He's, he's usually going back and kind of quoting a scripture, but this isn't a scripture, this so what's interesting. This Now, it, it, it connects to different scriptures in Isaiah, same thematic kind of thing, but it's not necessarily a scripture in itself. Do you know what it is? It's the very thing he tells us to do with each other. It's a hymn of the church. Theologians believe this little section of scripture is a hymn. It's part of a hymn. If I were to come up here and say, uh, hey, everyone, just as I am and without one plea, you'd go, oh, I know that, Right? You would connect in a way with that. It would speak something to you. In the same way Paul is speaking a hymn, in the same way he's about to admonish us to do with each other. I think that's pretty interesting. And he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Some of you may remember we did a series called Life. Life. And the purpose of the series was based on John 10.10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to bring you life and life more abundantly. Remember that series? Great. No one remembers the whole series. We spent like 12 weeks or something. Okay. Well, we were talking about the spiritual disciplines of life. If we can live in such a way through spiritual disciplines, God will give us the treasure of knowing him more. Right? In the same way, Paul's saying to us, wake up. Wake up, make a choice to live for Christ. Don't be dead, be alive. Have life. And when you have life that you've chosen me, I will give you the treasure of knowing. You. I'll, I'll shine upon you. That's what Paul's saying. And this is what he says to do it. I want to break this down, this scripture down. I think it's important for us to look at some of the specifics of this text this morning. It's so important for us. Number one, he says this, be careful where you walk. Be careful how you walk. In other words, he's using this analogy for walking with how we live. In other words, be careful how you live. If anybody ever tells me, if you ever walked in the woods or in a field or something and somebody said, hey, be careful, there's, we've seen some snakes out here. If you ever say that to me, I may not walk anymore, but if I do, I've got my phone out and I'm walking like this. Uh, uh, you know, Every step is very measured. Every step is very purposeful. Every step is, is very planned. Guess what? That's exactly what Paul's saying for us to live. Plan every step. Be purposeful with your life. Know where you're going and what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's so important for us. He says, wake up. Don't be lazy. Don't be asleep, but choose life. Be careful with wa- where you walk. He says this, be, don't be unwise, but be wise. I think that's interesting. It's like Paul's saying, this is a choice. This is a choice. If you're wise or unwise, is your choice. You get to make the choice if you're going to be wise or unwise. In other words, what he's saying is be intentional with your life. Live life on purpose. Live life on purpose. There's a great uh, motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, and he used to say this all the time. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. You ever heard that? you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. It's the same in life. If we just let life go by. We're just focused on our work. We're focused on uh, the the horizontal things around us. You're aiming at nothing. We have to be purposeful. We have to be intentional. We have to place the, the, the footing of our lives with intent for God's purposes and for his kingdom. He says this is why. We gotta make every moment count. Every single moment of our lives has to count for Christ's purposes. You know why? Because if we're not then the enemy can use our lives if we just kind of let the world go by and we just focus on horizontal things instead of vertical things the things that matter god's kingdom then the enemy could actually use our lives instead of us being about what god wants to do us instead of us advancing the kingdom of god it says this the days are evil he's not just talking about the days when paul wrote this he's talking about these days too these days are evil and we have to be very considerate of how we live. We have to choose life on purpose. It says, don't be foolish, but understand the will of God. (laughs) I think that's an interesting phrase. Don't be foolish, but understand the will of God. This is what he's saying. If you say you're a Christ follower, if you actually say you're a Christ follower follower and you don't seek the will of God, that's foolishness. How many people do we know that say they're, they're Christ followers, they're Christians? And their lives don't look anything like what a Christian's life ought to look like. Do we know a few of those? Have we been a few of those? Yes. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. It's foolishness to to be a Christ follower and have priorities that are higher than the kingdom purposes of God. He says that's foolishness. He's saying don't let the truth of who we really are be different than that of who we say we are. If you say you're a believer in Jesus, live like it. And if you don't, you're living in foolishness. That's what he's saying. Then he gets real specific. Don't get drunk on wine, but I want you to do something. I don't want you to focus just on drunkenness or just on wine, because really what he's doing is he's saying, he's giving us a contrast here. He said, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. He's giving a contrast. See, the thing that people would get drunk on or get intoxicated with in that time was primarily wine. But I think what Paul's, if you get to the heart of Paul's intent here, what he's trying to say is, don't go to things, don't be dependent upon things that are temporal. Don't go to be dependent upon things that can't solve anything for you. One of my favorite singers, songwriters in the world is this guy by the name of Russ Taff. Amazing singer artist. Uh, I got a privilege to record with him one time. I heard him say, talk, he was talking, kind of giving his testimony, he was talking about his struggle with alcoholism. He said, you know, I, I began to drink, and as I began to drink, and the first time I got drunk, he said, it felt like the pain of my past, he had an abusive past as a child. He said it felt like the pain of my past just went away for just a little bit, and I'd never felt that. He said, so I began to drink more, so that more pain would go away. And he said, and it would. It would go away just for a little bit. He said, but what happened is I kept drinking more and more so, so it would stay away, and it, ended, it led me to a dead end. It didn't get me to a good place. It took me to a worse place in my life. And any of us that have struggled with addictive behaviors in any area, whether it be substance or pornography or, or, or relationally or whatever the case may be with money, what we do is it's called idols. <laughs> We go to these idols and we hope that they will do something for us. They will satisfy us. But the contrast is this. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be satisfied in the things of Jesus. Sometimes we run to these idols hoping that they'll give us rest, hoping that they'll give us peace, hoping that they'll give us something that we're looking for. But the truth is this, church, only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus can meet the need of your heart. Let's not run to the things that are earthly, temporal, when we can have the things of God that are eternal. So he says this. This is very interesting. As a songwriter, as a singer, I love this part of the text. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I love that. But isn't it interesting that he says speak instead of sing? I just, it's interesting to me. Like, these are musical aspects. Why wouldn't you say, sing to each other's song? You know, but he doesn't. I started thinking about this and looking into this. The reality is, is every time we speak something, so if I were to come to you and say, hey, will you go get me a cup of coffee? There, there's something purposeful there. I need, I want you to go do something for me. Or even if I come up to you and say, hey, how you doing? That's me being, uh, it's an act of my will to have a conversation with you. I want to know about you. I want to hear about your day. I want to be engaged with you. This is a purposeful act of my will. And I think what Paul is saying is speak to one another. Be purposeful with one another. As you speak these things out, mean to do it. Let this, be, let this be a purposeful moment. And then he says, how do we speak to one another? We'll speak to one another with psalms. What are psalms? They're the word of God, right? It's scripture. When you speak to one another, speak to one another with Scripture. Or speak to one another with hymns, just like he has just done. Speak to one another with hymns. You know what a hymn is? A hymn is a church song. A hymn is, uh, it's our doctrine. That's what a hymn is. We speak to each other with doctrine, scripture and doctrine, church songs, and then with spiritual songs. What is that? Well, I think about Romans eight twenty six that says that even at the deepest part of our soul's when we don't have words to form in our mouth to pray to God, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Even in groanings, do you know what I'm talking about? When you don't know how to pray, when your heart is so broken, when your life is so messed up, you don't even have the words to form in your mouth, the Holy Spirit of God comes to your soul and he speaks exactly what you can't. It's very personal, isn't it? It's very intimate, isn't it? What is he saying? He's saying when we speak to one another, do so with Scripture. Speak truth. When we speak to one another, do so with hymns, with doctrine, songs of the church. And when we speak to one another, do so with songs of the Spirit. Let them be authentic conversations. Let them be intimate conversations with each other. Places where the Spirit gets in our souls. I read this week that one church father said, uh, in the first 100 years of the church, it was not a believer. This is just a historian. He's, he's re, re, uh, recording what the church did. And he said they would literally go around and just say, somebody sing. Somebody sing their, their, from the spirit. Just kind of sing what's on their heart, what's going on in their mind. And the beautiful thing is in this family, people would begin to, to sing out of the joy of their hearts. It was beautiful. Look at this next thing. He says, sing and make melody in your heart. To the Lord always with thanksgiving in everything, for everything in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, as a singer, as a songwriter, this has a, lot, this has a lot of meaning to me. And so as I started thinking through this, one of the times in my life that I sing and write melody, one of those times in, in me, and I started thinking about this. Anytime you walk up on somebody, maybe at Home Depot, and you hear them singing something, and then you begin to have a conversation, they're, they're pretty happy people, aren't they? The reality is we sing when we have joy. We sing when we're happy. We sing when, when we've got an overflow in our lives, and we're just singing. And if we're singing songs of faith, then we're exhibiting faith when we sing. Listen, let me just take a little commercial moment here for our worship ministry of this church, okay? Do you know how important it is for you to sing? For you to open your mouth and sing from your soul. Some of you are going, well, I don't sing that well. You don't want me to. No, I, yes, I do. In fact, I wouldn't just say, don't sing for me. Sing because God commands us to sing. He commands us to sing. Look at the scripture. He says, sing and make melody from your hearts. Let it be authentic, let it be real. And listen, there's another time that I write music and sing. It's not just when I'm happy. It's when I'm really sad. What I love about that, it feels like the Lord is saying through Paul, listen, there's going to be good times and there's going to be really bad times. Sing and be there for each other in the good and in the bad. In the good and in the bad. Everybody know what a melody is? A melody is a group of notes that give form to what a song is. It's just a, a phrasing of notes that gives you memory. So when you sing a song you know, there's these few notes that just give um, muscle memory to what that song is. Nobody really goes around singing harmony parts. You know what I'm saying? You, you go around singing the melody. Here, this is what it is. A melody is the main thing in a song. Paul's saying, let the melody of your heart, let the melody of your life, be, it's, which is the main thing, be thanksgiving to God. Be gratefulness to God. Let that be the main thing that you're about. In, in the songwriting industry, we, say, we call it a hook. It's a hook. So if you can write a good hook, it'll stick in people's minds. Another term people use in the songwriting industry is earworm. Because if they can get this thing in your ear and just stays all day. You ever had that happen? I used to have this really annoying friend. He would just come up behind me and he would sing just a few notes of like an old, Kenny, I don't know, some, some old song. And it would just, it would get stuck in my brain all day and I'd be so mad at him. This is what Paul's saying. Listen, let let what is stuck in your heart, let what is stuck in your mind be thanksgiving. And rehearse it all day long. Sing, whether it's good or bad, whether it's full of joy or full of sorrow, let it be authentic. I love when my girls sing to me. Sometimes they begin to sing and I'll stop them and redirect them and say, no, sing to daddy. And I just sit there and I'll try to be attentive. And so when they finish, I can say, oh, that was so good, baby. I wanna, in, I wanna build their confidence. I wanna build encouragement into them. It's So important. You know why? Because singing is vulnerable. There's a lot of vulnerability in singing. In fact, I could just go over here and take this microphone and we could come out in the audience and I'll just put it in somebody's face and have you sing something. How's that sound? Yeah, the extrovert, my wife's like, come on, bring it on. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Everybody's like, I'm going to go ahead and leave. (laughs) It it takes vulnerability to put a microphone in your face and say, hey, listen to me. You know why? Because you might mess up. And as worship leaders, we do it all the time. We mess up the words. We mess up the note. We come in at the wrong time. It's easy to mess up. And and so it takes a lot of vulnerability. Listen, what I love about this is Paul saying, live among each other with vulnerability because we're going to mess up but be willing to sing. Even with the risk of the mess up of our lives, be willing to sing. And then lastly, before we go, I wanna remind you of this. It's the S word, submit to one another. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, right? You say the word submit, and everybody's like, oh boy. How is this mystery gonna work for us to actually submit to one another? Well, number one is this, you can't have submission without humility. It's not possible. We have to humble ourselves before each other. We have to humble ourselves. That's the very first thing we, do. here's the second thing, we have to give deference. Paul says it in the Philippians 2, treat others' interests above your own. Let others listen in such a way that you want, you want them to be heard. What, what do they need? Let that be above what I need. I think we also have to respect one another. Because we're from a bunch of different places. We look different. But at the very core of each of your heartbeats is this, the image of God. You're all created. We're all created in the image of God. I am no greater than any man or any woman. We are the same. So at the very least, can we just respect and honor the creator God and respect each other and who we are? And then listen, not just to hear, but to understand. That's what happens when we submit to each other. We humble ourselves, we give deference, we respect each other, and we listen so we can understand, so that when we respond, we're doing so in love. I gave you that list last week, the one another's. Submit to one another is on that list. And I honestly believe if we can learn that one, we can learn the rest of them really easily. So Paul encourages us today. To let our own individual responsibility lead us to corporate unity. Listen, how you live individually, how we live, how I live, it affects our families. It affects our immediate families. And it also affects this family. If you're a part of this family, uh, this is, I'm not going to get on a soapbox. But if you're a part of this family and you're not here, we miss you. We miss you. Something's missing in our family if you're not here. Because we're connected together very deeply at a soul level, and we should be because we're the family of God. So, next week we're going to wrap up this series, Belonging to a Family of Families, and it's going to be a sweet week. But I thought it'd be nice for us as we close and we leave to just be obedient to the Word of God as Paul has given us this direction this morning. So, I'm asking ask you to stand. And I just want to sing this out a cappella today. All of us. I want to sing this. We're going to put the words on the screen. I think you'll know it. Can we sing this together in obedience to the word of God? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above raise father son and holy ghost amen father god we love you we sing to each other and we sing to you make us a family and give us the responsibility individually to be who you've called us to be, to live how you've called us to live, to parent how you've called us to parent, God, to walk how you've called us to walk so that your church can be the church you want us to be, bringing glory to you and you alone. We love you. We thank you for your kindness and your grace over our lives today. We pray that you'd go with us now as we live for you purposefully on mission for your glory. In Jesus' precious name. And God's people said? Amen. Amen.